Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. But Obama wants to own the word fair and the phrase middle class. And yet, who has done more destruction to working people in this country than Obama? Why isn't it proper to point out the Democrat base is made up, for the most part, of the nation's losers? Free enterprise can do a better job of producing the things that people need than government can. government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, these countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. Bring myself and the American flag, never give up the freedom my pop for us to have, never give it back. Same with the gas, you can never take that, never take that. On this Memorial Day. As our nation honors its unbroken line of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today. Never take that, never take that. Trying to take my country 
I've now been in 57 states. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This is the Dr. C. Robert Jones Conservative Report, weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the WOW Radio Network. Let's get together this weekend. This is Tesla, your host of the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. Every weekend, we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. Start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in. And it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kessler. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. I am going to stay up all night. You have family, you know. You're always at that computer.
for he saw it all on CNN and the BBC and in the pages of the New York Times. Then the child ventured forth from Israel and Palestine and stepped onto the shores of the old continent. In the land of Queen Angela of Merkel, vast multitudes gathered to hear his voice and he preached to them at length. These now are the walls we must tear down. There's plenty of mainstream articles out there uh, in places like the Huffington Post, uh, left-wing publications, where, <laughs> where again, they're saying he's the one. He's the one that's going to lead us out. He's on the cover of every magazine. He's on the cover of The Amazing Spider-Man. We're going to pull that picture up in a moment, too. He, he has a very different job from, from Reagan was all about America. And you talked about it. Obama is, we are above that now. We're not just parochial. We're not just chauvinistic. We're not just provincial. We stand for something. I mean, in a way, Obama's standing above the country, above, above the world. He's sort of God. He's sort of God. He's, he, he... And that is why Barack has captured the youth. When the Messiah speaks, the youth will hear. Shouting, smiles, and tears. It was the scope of Obama's victory that was most impressive. I saw a photograph of Obama playing basketball. And I said, you know what? I see him as a leader. And that's the world that's in his hands. Own a piece of history. Commemorating the day the world changed forever. His confident smile and kind eyes are an inspiration to us all. Now, a lot of times, we don't want to know the issue. We don't want to know the issue. We feel, what do you call this thing where you get this false sense of gratification, but because a black man is in office, everything's going to be all right. No, everything's not going to be all right. Yeah. Until you look into the agenda of what the Democratic Party has been about, is about, and will be about regardless if Barack Obama is the president or not. In Brzezinski's book, Between Two Ages, is that eventually we shall put presidents in who will have personality cults. We shall create massive personality cults for these people through the same techniques as Hollywood has used. Obama is that man today. Lists who know that Obama is going to promote their uh, plan want to make him uh, such a superhero that nobody will question what he's doing. They'll be so preoccupied with who he is or where he is or what he's saying or what he's wearing or something like that. The idea of making him into a celebrity is very valuable uh, because that way people are less inclined to ask, what is he doing? Those are cookies and um, he's offering to pay, but it's, no, they're giving him the cookies. I, I think they probably do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> just about anybody would do that. So he's... Obama does it all with left cover. He makes you think that he's somehow different from Bush, that this is somehow benevolent, that he cares about the poor. And in reality, this is the cruelest hoax and the most bogus sham. Obama is 1,000% devoted to Wall Street interests. But we begin tonight with a tale of two speeches, both from the same man, both from President Obama. One speech that could have been billed as a ballad to the Constitution, a proclamation of American values, a repudiation of the lawless behavior of the last presidential administration, and another speech 
announcing a radical new claim of presidential power that is not afforded by the Constitution and that has never been attempted in American history, even by George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. Remarkably, President Obama today made both of those speeches simultaneously. Now, Barack Obama, his main man, and it's not just in this election, it goes back a long time, is a guy called Zbigniew Brzezinski. Brzezinski was the national security advisor in the Carter administration, and he went public in the last year, 18 months or so, admitting that he, um, in that position, worked to manipulate the Soviet Union to um, invade Afghanistan because he wanted to uh, weaken the superpower, and in his words to the effect of, I wanted to create for them their Vietnam. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, these countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. They don't pose a serious threat to us. Iran, they spend one one-hundredth of what we spend on the military. I mean, if, if, if Iran ever tried to pose a serious threat to us, they, would, they wouldn't stand a chance. Iran is a great threat. It has an illicit nuclear program. It supports terrorism across the regions and militias in Iraq. It threatens Israel's existence. It's a tune that's become somewhat common in American public schools. Song's parents say glorify President Obama. That's not done in this country. That's done in dictatorship. It is absolutely true that NAFTA was a mistake. A senior member of the Obama campaign called the Canadian government within the last month to say that when Senator Obama talks about opting out of the free trade deal, the Canadian government shouldn't worry. The operative said it's just campaign rhetoric and don't take it seriously. The Canadian government put out a statement indicating that this was just not true. So I don't know who the sources. It wasn't true. Amid all of the denials, sources at the highest level of the Canadian government who first confirmed that a call was made, late this afternoon, reconfirmed that a call was made. So I know how unpopular it is to be seen as helping banks right now, especially when everyone is suffering in part from their bad decisions. I promise you, I get it. Whose side is he on anyway? Just a few weeks ago, President Barack Obama told America he hated bailing out the banks. But in an interview with Bloomberg TV, set to air tomorrow, the president also said he, quote, doesn't begrudge the multi-million dollar bonuses paid to the CEOs from Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase. He says it's simply part of the free market system. I'm in this race to take, tell the lobbyists in Washington that their days of setting the agenda are over. They, they have not funded my campaign. They will not work in my White House. This is when lobbyists set the agenda, and that's why they won't drown out your voices anymore when I am President of the United States of America. Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner appointed Mark Patterson, and this is a former top lobbyist for Goldman Sachs as his chief of staff. And then last week there was a lot of buzz over William Lynn. He was the, appointed to the number two position at the Defense Department. William Lynn, also a former top lobbyist for Raytheon, which is a, uh, one of the five largest defense contractors. I taught the Constitution for 10 years. I believe in the Constitution and I will obey the Constitution of the United States.
We're not going to use signing statements as a way of doing an end run around Congress. President Obama does what no other U.S. president ever has. President Obama presided over the U.S.'s most powerful body. That would be the Security Council. and 91st meeting of the Security Council. For a couple of hours, you could say Mr. Obama was president of the world. Barack Obama is the first president to hold two posts simultaneously. And there's a good reason for that. It's illegal. Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution forbids any U.S. president from serving any foreign government or institution. He swears an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. But now Barack Obama has sworn allegiance to the global government and the United Nations that he heads up. I will promise you this, that if we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. When he first ran, remember, he was going to take the troops out. I get in there, troops come home. Day one. There is no military solution in Iraq, and there never was. I will begin to remove our troops from Iraq immediately. And then that went to 16 months. And now he's going to add this saying another 30,000 or more troops after Barack Obama is in Norway to receive his Nobel Peace Prize awarded in October. The Nobel Committee said it wanted to praise Obama's efforts to strengthen diplomacy and cooperation between nations. You have said about President Barack Obama uh, receiving the Nobel Peace Prize that, and these are your words, he deserves it, but he has to earn it. Now, I take issue with that because when I was growing up, I either deserved something or I didn't and had to earn it. So why are you equivocating on the president? Well, I have to say, you nailed me with this one. <laughs> <laughs> should have returned it down. I mean, he's expanding the war, and uh, the people should be embarrassed. I mean, how can you believe in preventive war? That is, belief in the principle of starting wars and expanding wars and get a peace prize. I mean, I don't, I don't see any signs of peace. I see that the world is more dangerous. More dangerous the last administration, and the danger continues to expand with this administration. So shame on you, Barack Obama. What happens? I tell you what happens. No matter. You should get way too complicated for me. No doubt. Way too complicated. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and I'm Dr. C. Robert Jones. Before we get started with tonight's broadcast, I want to go ahead and put a shout-out to Annie Ubellis, Southern Sense. I understand that she had a bit of a scare earlier where uh, she presented um, uh, symptoms of an apparent heart attack and was rushed to the hospital. Uh, and uh, the uh, thank God um, that uh, the alarm was false and uh, that uh, although she was suffering some discomfort and some other related ailments that presented as, uh, as, as a heart attack, she did not, and she's doing fine, and it's not going to prevent her from hosting her show tomorrow, for which I will be a part. Uh, and um, I'd like for everybody to just you know give a shout-out to, to Annie. She's the sweetest thing, the sweetest lady. You know, I've never met her, but, uh, you know, she is... Uh, you know, a dear to me and uh, uh, appears uh, to be, and I'm sure she is, a very nice, caring, thoughtful, intelligent uh, woman. 
And uh, uh, let's just go ahead and keep her in our prayers, even though, um, you know, she's doing fine. She'll be okay. But uh, prayer never hurts. It always helps, in my opinion. So let's go ahead and put it out there. I see we got Bob, USMC, in the house. Bob, you know I love you, man. You're, you're a United States Marine. We dig it. You know, I have no doubt that you were a former Marine. You wouldn't present yourself as one if you were not, but I would really appreciate it if you behaved yourself in this chat room and not bother my good friend Tesla. Uh, and do not send out, uh, you know, uh, messages uh, that are that are inappropriate. You're the man. I dig you. Please behave yourself. All right. Let's get on with the show. Last night, we asked the question, is Barack Obama the puppet or the puppeteer? Is he the man? Is he the puppet master or the puppet? Well, that's what we want to get into tonight. That's what we want to talk about. So before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and present part two of Obama, the man behind Obama. Let's go ahead and get into it, and then we'll talk about it. And I don't think it's likely, but there's an attack that's going on right now, and it's Pakistan. Pakistan is another Muslim country with 160 million people, and they have nuclear weapons, and they have the means to deliver them. Now, back last summer in Chicago, there was a debate among the Democratic candidates, and Obama came out and said, I want to have the unilateral U.S. bombing of Northwest Pakistan. Mrs. Clinton said, no, you don't want to do that. McCain said, no. Even Bush said, no. And now the U.S. is doing what Obama demanded. The U.S. is bombing Northwest Pakistan. And indeed, the U.S. and NATO troops and the Afghan troops are preparing to invade Pakistan across the Afghan border. Now, why are they doing that? This is the one part of the world where they still talk about bin Laden, Al-Qaeda, the war on terror, all of this idiotic mythology. Why are they doing it? They want to destroy the Pakistani central government. You probably saw the statement the other night from the Prime Minister of Pakistan, uh, Gilani. He says, our national honor and sovereignty does not allow foreign troops to come into our country. And he's absolutely right. But the U.S. and NATO are now going to do that under the new policy. The goal is to destroy Pakistan. You see Iraq now carved into three parts. Pakistan will be into four or five parts. It will be Sindh, Pashtunistan, Baluchistan, Waziristan, and on and on. And, and that will never end. Uh, that's the goal. Now, why, why are they doing that? Not so much because it's an Islamic country, although that does figure in mainly because it's a potential ally of China. It's traditionally friendly to China, uh, and under conditions of world crisis, Pakistan would tend to gravitate back towards China. So look at our hit list now. We've got not Iran on the hit list anymore. Iran is now a candidate to be played against Russia. But the hit list is now Sudan and Pakistan. So that's the change. And Obama is the one who demanded the attacks on Pakistan. When everybody else said no. So McCain, ironically, was a better friend of the Muslims than Obama was because McCain said, I talked to General Musharraf about these things. I don't do it unilaterally. And Obama said, no, no, it's got to be unilateral. That's the Brzezinski policy. That's what, of course, Obama has no idea. Obama doesn't even know where Pakistan is. 
So he's spouting the line that, uh, that Brzezinski gave him. Brzezinski's argument to the neocons is to say to the neocons, you're fools, you're bunglers, you're so obsessed with Israel and the Persian Gulf and Iraq and Iran that you've lost the big picture. And the real power in the world, of course, is Russia, China. That those are countries that are seriously capable of resisting the U.S. and the British, and you've got to focus on them. And India, of course, would then become a big uh, asset in that regard. Japan is another one. There's just been a summit of Japan and China. And the big question, of course, there was, would Japan become a staging area for the kinds of destabilizations of China that Brzezinski is planning? So the Japanese government, fortunately, has said no. The Japanese defense minister said that chaos in China would be the worst possible outcome for the, uh, for the interests of Japan. So it looks like Japan is saying no. Looks like Taiwan is saying no. They voted for the more reasonable party, the non-independence um, party that wants to have good relations with the, uh, with the mainland of China. The old KMT is now back in power. So everybody in the world is now in the process of choosing sides. Now, the point of having Obama is you've got the same old imperialism and you're going to give it a facelift. You're going to give it cosmetic surgery. And one goal is to have that face for Africa. Let me just do Africa for a second. The goal in, in the case of Africa is to kick the Chinese out. It's to deprive China of the oil. We've seen it with Sudan. Oil, raw materials, minerals, and other things that they get from, from China. Ultimately, Brzezinski would like to isolate China, encircle it, and then reach a point where China would have nowhere to turn for oil except the Russian oil wells in eastern Siberia. In other words, the end product of this entire policy is to play China against Russia and get rid of both of them, destroy both, and then the U.S. and the British can settle in for another hundred years of world domination. Now, there's also an angle for Europe, though. The idea, of course, is that with Bush or McCain, the U.S. is disliked, the policy is discredited, nobody wants to go along with this. The demagogy of Obama is that with this new face, somehow you can now get throngs and throngs of young dupes and uh, individuals who have really no clue what they're doing to support this stuff. Uh, in other words, Obama wants Europe as a tool against Russia. And I would urge you, don't go there. Realize that that is what you're being offered and don't do it. And if Obama comes from London to uh, Paris to Berlin, it would be important for people to go out there and say, well, or not to go out there and say, we don't want any part of this. This is the policy that Brzezinski has been following. NATO expansion, far beyond the lines that were agreed on back in 1990 and 1991. You may remember there was an agreement that said the U.S. would not even go into East Germany. And now we're all the way to Lithuania and Georgia and Ukraine and all these places. Now, what we're headed into is a Polish missile crisis. You had the Cuban missile crisis in 1962. That was bad enough. The Polish missile crisis is going to be worse because there are elements in Poland, there are elements in the Czech Republic. There's even an element in Lithuania. There's a forward tentacle of that system in Lithuania right on Russia's doorstep. What is the goal of that? It is the ability to have a first strike, surprise attack, to destroy the Russian nuclear deterrent on the ground, and then the uh, second strike launched by the Russians can somehow be suppressed 
by these missiles in Poland. So it is a step towards World War III. And uh, it is Brzezinski, another uh, angle that goes with it. The independence of Kosovo, under what amounts to a criminal organization in my view, is another one of Brzezinski's uh, projects. And this, of course, is designed as an affront to Russia. Today we have the indictment of the, the capture of this guy, Karadzic. Karadzic is a very bad guy, but why now? And what's the goal? This is designed to further inflame relations with Russia, uh, even as uh, a possibility of war between Russia and Georgia comes on the horizon. So this is now a full strategic envelopment. This is not just Iraq and the Persian Gulf. This is now a worldwide strategy. And again, the mind of it is Brzezinski. This is already being implemented in the United States. I, I, I better point that out too. Uh, you think you see Bush and Cheney as the leaders of the United States. They're not. They're gone. They're finished. It's not even lame ducks. Uh, they're the janitors of the White House, the groundskeepers. They're there for show. They're just figureheads to make people think that, that normal stuff is, is still going on. Power has now passed into something called the Principles Committee. And it's just the leading uh, government ministers, the secretaries of the main executive departments, an interministerial committee, if you will. Rice of the State Department, Gates of the Pentagon, Paulson of the Treasury, Admiral Mullen of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is a very important guy also in this. But these people are bureaucrats. They don't really have policies. The policies that they're carrying out are from Brzezinski, and that is no attack on Iran, make a deal with North Korea. And Cheney was, was horrified by that. Cheney almost had his 99th heart attack over the deal with, uh, with North Korea. And this was done by Rice. But attack Pakistan, get ready to attack Sudan, get ready to attack Zimbabwe, get ready to attack Burma. Uh, in many cases, it's done under humanitarian considerations. It's not bin Laden al-Qaeda. Pakistan is the exception. But in most of these places, like Sudan or Zimbabwe, it's human rights. Goes back to Carter, right? Goes back to the time when Brzezinski was running the National Security Council. So what you've got is a shift. Instead of having imperialism with right-wing slogans, you've got imperialism with left-wing slogans. But the content is either the same, or I would argue worse, because the neocons had one benefit. They picked on relatively defenseless states. In other words, everybody knew there was no way the, that Iraq could strike the United States directly. It's not even easy to see how Iran could, could strike the U.S. directly. But when you get to Russia and China, that looks very different, doesn't it? Because now there are intercontinental ballistic missiles and H-bombs, and they can defend themselves, and they will. So the neocon game is over, but you can see that at least they had some limits to their insanity, whereas with Brzezinski, the insanity is essentially unlimited. All right, let's talk about it. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. That was an awful lot to digest. Is Barack Obama the puppet or the puppet master? Was he put in place in order to facilitate a new world order? If so, perhaps somebody chose the wrong guy. 
this guy is inept, incompetent. Or maybe he's Columbo-like. Truly, he is one of the most polarizing political figures in modern times. He has shamelessly pitted Americans against Americans, the rich against the poor, the haves against the have-nots. When clearly he campaigned on just the opposite of that. And upon arrival in Arizona last week, he was met at the airport tarmac by Governor Jan Brewer and immediately launched into a tirade, castigating Brewer for some unflattering remarks about him in her year-old book, Scorpions for Breakfast. The governor tried to uh, speak with the president, but he cut her off mid-sentence turned around and walked away. No true leader would be that thin-skinned and small-minded, let alone rude, particularly on camera. But Obama didn't care because Obama believes he is the chosen one. He believes that in th- that that he's he's Teflon. He's the Teflon president. No matter what he does, he is arrogant beyond all measure. This is a dangerous way to be, for lack of more lengthy verbiage, for the President of the United States. All true leaders rise through the ranks, honing their skills in incessant combat on all fronts. Now smiting the enemies on the left and the right, now bracing the timid among their supporters, now crushing dissidents among their followers, all the while reaffirming their leadership positions. In short, they fight their way to the top. Has Barack Obama ever fought a single fight in his life other than the one-on-one with an awestruck former basketball star. He was propelled to the top by forces unseen. His opponents knocked off by any means necessary to clear the path to Obama. Take, for example, Mr. Ryan, who ran against Barack Obama for the Senate. Clearly, Ryan was the better candidate the more polished candidate, leading in all polls in Illinois. Then mysteriously, records that had been sealed, divorce records from the actress Jerry Ryan, were made public. Records that were sealed by the court were somehow made public, accusing Ryan Ryan of, uh, let's say, imprudent sexual behavior. Uh wife swapping, that sort of thing. Apparently, Jerry Ryan had written or who had testified in a deposition that one of the reasons why she wanted to divorce her then-husband was because he wanted to engage in imprudent sex acts. This information was led, was leaked to the public. Ryan was forced to abandon his quest for the Senate, leaving a clear path 
for Barack Obama to move to the Senate. Otherwise, he would have been soundly defeated by Mr. Ryan. That's an example of Obama's opponents being mysteriously knocked off by any means necessary to clear the path for him. True leaders are extremely combative and never miss a chance to mix it up with their enemies. Not Obama. He always tried to avoid face-to-face confrontation, insulting his enemies from a safe distance. In an instinctive inclination to avoid a fight and to vote present, well, is that the mark of a true leader? To vote present at every chance? All true leaders are passionate, full of piss and vinegar. Obama, on the other hand, is clearly a cold fish, totally dispassionate about everything around him, including his own policies. Who can forget his glassy-eyed indifference as he pretended to listen to Paul Ryan trying to explain his fiscal reality or the fiscal reality before unceremoniously cutting off the uppity congressman? This is this is at a time when the centerpiece of his policy was hanging in the balance. He grows passionate only when discussing basketball. Lately, he has been showing signs of life, bemoaning the evils of capitalism. But even his animation looks manufactured, like the movement of a wind-up clown doll thing. One wonders, what does Obama believe in? One person, American citizen, writes in the chat room, Obama was biding his time when he worked as a state senator in Illinois. Indeed. Obama was, in the words of, well... In the words of uh, Louis Farrakhan, C-elected before he was elected. There's a rhyme in there somewhere. True leaders are serious people. They are too focused on their main goals to indulge in childish pranks or ostentatiously flaunt utter disrespect for good manners. For example, at a debate during the primary season in 2008, Obama flipped off Hillary Clinton while pretending to wipe sweat off his brow. It was so surreal that I rubbed my eyes, refusing to to believe the evidence of it. But then he did it again to McCain during um, during, during the general election. One instance may have been an accident. However, try to replicate the deed and you'll see how inconvenient it is. But to dispel all doubts, the then candidate for the highest office in the land was playing to the galley in the hood to brush up on his street cred, I suppose. It was a typical act of ghetto bravado, a street tough dissing his opponent and asserting his superiority. 
the pol- politicians equivalent of trash talk all too prevalent in Obama's beloved NBA how do you why do you how do you how does a grown man of nearly 50 years old flip somebody off when you're running for the president of the United States how did how did that he even escape how did he even get away with that The call-in number is 347-884-8500. So, all true leaders, all true leaders are good actors, feigning whatever sentiment is warranted by the circumstances. Whether or not Obama is endowed with acting ability, he disdains the need to pretend that he cares. For example, the day the Palestinian-American Major Nadi Malik Hassan shot up Fort Hood, killing 13 and wounding 30, Obama was scheduled to give another of his many speeches. As usual, the president arrived late, dawdled a while, finally launching into an interminable acknowledgement routine followed by the sh- the, uh, a shout-out to an Indian chief in the audience. And only then, three minutes into his speech, nonchalantly, almost as an afterthought, mentioned the tragedy, hastily admonishing his listeners not to jump to conclusions about the motives of the assailant. True, he ecstatically shouted, Allah Akbar, as he pulled the trigger. But maybe he was a right-wing agent, provocateur, agitating against the Well, the religion of peace. Any politician worth his salt would fake concern and grief, at the very least. But not Obama, who apparently doesn't see any point of going through the trouble. Of course, he relies on the complicit mainstream media to cover up for him. But it's it's a mark of a leader mindful of his image at all. Given his obvious unfitness for the job, how did Obama manage to climb to the very top? That's the question that we're posing here tonight on this episode of the Conservative Situation Report. How did he manage it? Certainly not his own brilliance. Certainly not. There must be a hand or hands unseen propelling this inept wannabe politician, this wannabe deity, to the to the heights that he's achieved. If he'd gotten to this point on his own, clearly he is unfit for the job. My guess is that he was spotted early on, judged to be a promising prospect, good looks, great voice, gift of facial Dissimulation, right, right ideological, ideological credentials, made particularly attractive by the notable pancicity of competition, and then carried all the way to the White House with minimum effort on his part. American citizens spoke in the, uh, on call, called into the show yesterday, and pretty much laid it out for us. He was C-elected, 
before he was elected. The Louis Farrakhan, nutty as a fruitcake as he is, had it right. Of course, once in the White House, surrounded by brown-nosed courties, who whose well-being hinges on presidential favor, he must have succumbed to megalomania, to which, by all accounts, he has long been susceptible. Susceptible. So maybe he even, maybe he even tries from time to time to steer the ship of state all by himself. Maybe, but I doubt it. He's so patiently bored by statecraft and so unaccustomed to any kind of exertion other than workouts that it is it is a stretch to suppose he would sacrifice his leisure to the altar of presidential duties. Does anybody else see that? The guy is an empty suit. The emperor has no clothes. He's buck naked. This guy is supposed to be brilliant. A genius. IQ off the charts. Except nobody knows what that IQ is. His records are sealed. He admitted himself in a moment of candor to be a C student. His extensive use of a teleprompter suggests that he doesn't have an original thought in his head or that he can't somehow he's unable to retain information long enough to get his message out to the masses and he needs to have it read somehow who listening to the sound of my voice believes that he writes these things himself he simply reads them from a teleprompter how do we know he's sincere Many don't even care. Well, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about this issue. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be right back. Do you know how much is too much? Hit me again. Do you know when to say when? Uh, Pelosi's coming over. Uh, make it a double. Studies show that those who overindulge exhibit signs of arrogance. I don't count my drinks because I'm the president. Overconfidence. This is the day we stop the seas from rising. Or was it yesterday? The inability to think clearly on one's own. Where, where's my teleprompter? I, I gotta talk to those kindergarten kids. You think you're funny, but no one else does. Let's give the Dalai Lama a, a set of cufflinks and send him out the back door. Uh, uh, Mr. President, let, let's, let's don't do that. I... And a profound inability to listen to others. Lama's funny. You don't know funny. If a friend, relative, or leader of the free world exhibits any of these warning signs, don't let them drive, operate heavy machinery, or sign any important documents. Where, where, where's that health care bill? And consider moderating their alcohol intake it before it's too late. This is the sign of my conception. I am the fruit of your labor. I am the offspring of the movement. So when people ask me whether I've been to Selma before, I tell them I'm coming home. Barack, the magic Negro, lives in D.C. The L.A. Times, they call him that cause he's not 
Fennec like me Yeah, the guy from the L.A. paper Said he made guilty whites feel good They'll vote for him and not for me Cause he's not from the hood See, real black men like Snoop Dogg Or me or Farrakhan Have talked the talk and walked the walk Not coming late and one Oh, Barack, the magic Negro Lives in D.C. The L.A. time they called him that Cause he's black but not authentically Barack, the magic Negro Lives in D.C. Times they called him that Cause he's black but not authentically Some say Barack's articulate And bright and new and clean The media sure love this guy A white interloper's dream But when you vote for president Watch out and don't be fooled Don't vote the magic Negro in Cause I won't have nothing after all these years of sacrifice And I won't get justice uh, This is about justice This is about, this is about justice It's about a uh, buffet I'm gonna have no buffet And there's gonna be any church uh, contributions <laughs> And just in case you missed it This week This week there was a tragedy in Kansas 10,000 people died all right, Barack, the Magic Negro. All right, you're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We're back. Call in numbers 347-884-8500. We just, just about 10 minutes left. The question is, is Barack Obama the puppet or the puppet master? I think we've answered the question over two shows. American Citizen called in yesterday and laid out inaccurate history I'm not so sure about the CIA thing but I did some research after speaking with after having Citizen on on call yesterday on yesterday's um, broadcast and surprisingly there is some truth to it I continue to be amazed at how a lot of the conspiracy theories out there have a great kernel, a large kernel, or hell, a half a ear of corn of truth to them. It's interesting. Like my main man, Glenn Beck, I'm, now I'm dropping his name, who I will see tomorrow. Like he said, don't rely on what I say. Don't rely on what American Citizen says, or Sarge, or Tesla, or Flyover Territory, or Bob USMC. Do your research. We do. Do your own research. You know, a lot of us take great pride in preparing our shows with careful research. I would submit that for every hour of radio broadcast, we devote at least two to three hours of preparation for that one episode. So a host who is most likely doing a two-hour show, two-and-a-half-hour show, three-hour show, devotes a lot more time 
in preparation. And that means careful research of the subject matter at hand. We are not going to get on and talk to you out there. I who have, well, fairly a dozen listeners <laughs> or people like Tesla who have several hundred to thousands of listeners. We're not going to get on here and make fools of ourselves by giving you inaccurate information. What's opinion is opinion and what is fact is fact. And we make sure to let you know the difference between the two. So when Citizen spoke, called in yesterday and suggested that Barack Hussein Obama was a CIA, uh, the, the CIA had a hand in his development, I did some research on the subject. And I found out that it's partly true. Look it up for yourselves. It's so interesting how the machinations of this this polarizing figure, the blow-by-blow account of the rise of Barack Obama is an amazing tale. Something that we, uh, of the kind that we only heard about in terms of, uh, well, the Bilderbergers or the Trilateral Commission or the Illuminati or it's something out of a movie, a really bad, horrible movie. Remember the Manchurian candidate? I believe what we have in this case is the Manchurian president. Built up to be something he is not. But even if that's true, it doesn't change the underlying fact that Obama came to the presidency as a puppet, not as a puppet master. With not a single trait of true leadership and evidence, he's not the enigma of the radical left juggernaut, but merely its hood ornament. Think about it for just a few minutes, those of you who are on the fence regarding this guy. How did he get here? He has shown his hand, the hand of an aptitude, time and time and time again. Little things like returning the bust of a beloved figure, Winston Churchill, back to back to England, back to the UK, because his father or grandfather or cousin or nephew suffered at the hands of some Englishman, you know, more than sixty years ago. Giving DVDs to the Prime Minister after receiving some of the finest gifts from the Prime Minister, a set of DVDs that the that the Prime Minister couldn't even use. And sending uh iPods to the Queen with his speeches on them. These are just little things, but little things mean a lot. Or so I've been told by the ladies. Folks, what we have here is a Manchurian president, a man who is unfit to hold the office of the presidency. And yet, strangely enough, oddly enough, sadly enough, 
it seems that there's a good chance that he'll win re-election. One wonders, is America just stupid? Blind? Or do we not do we not care? How many of us are not embarrassed that we have elected who what could be the possibly the dumbest most inept president in our nation's history? And I don't say that lightly because I've got a full list of presidents who didn't have the brains God gave a goose, or so it seemed. Now, I'm not of the mind that this guy is a smart guy, that he's brilliant, that he's the smartest guy in the room. He's probably the smartest guy in the room if he's in the room with a chimp and two dogs, two Rottweilers. Two Rottweilers, a chimp, and he and Barack Obama, and, and a bust of Barack Obama. Yeah, he's the smartest guy in there, probably. And I'm sure the two Rots would take exception. But labeling this guy the smartest guy in the room and brilliant and all of that, a brilliant man wouldn't have gone off on Jan Brewer right after getting off the plane. Can you imagine... The plane is taxiing after landing, and Obama's sitting in his fine chair in Air Force One, just seething. He can't wait to give Jan Brewer a piece of his mind. Damn it, how dare she? I'm the president. How dare she write unflattering remarks of me in her book? I'm the president. What a dick. <laughs> all right, folks. I want to thank you all for listening tonight. You guys are great. Thank you for listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I do appreciate it. I, everybody who came in tonight, you guys are great. And, uh, hey, we're out of here. Uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I, I mean... Tomorrow, I'm going to be over at CPAC, Saturday, Friday night, Saturday night. It's going to be great. I'm probably going to be on somebody's show tomorrow, tomorrow night, Sunday night, talking about CPAC. It's going to be great. I want to thank you all for listening. We're out. Have a good night, everybody. All right. We're out of here. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. I was walking home from school on a cold winter day. Took a shortcut through the woods and I lost my way. It was getting late and I was scared and alone. But then a kind old man took my hand and led me home. Now mama couldn't see him Oh, but he was standing there And I knew in my heart He was the answer to my prayers Oh, I believe there are
among us Send down to us From somewhere up above They come to you and me In our darkest hours To show us how to live To teach us how to give To guide us with a light of love <laughs> Yeah, I love this song Uh-huh when life held troubled times And had me down on my knees There's always been someone To come along and comfort me A kind word from a stranger To lend a helping hand A phone call from a friend Just to say I understand But ain't it kind of at the dark end of the road That someone lights away With just a single ray of hope Oh, I believe there are Angels among us Sent down to us From somewhere up above They come to you and me in our darkest hours To show us how to live To teach us how to give To guide us with a light of love They wear so many faces Show up in the strangest places To grace us with their mercy in our time of need Oh, I believe there are Angels among us Sent down to us From somewhere up above They come to you and me In our darkest hours Show us how to Teach us how to give To guide us with the light of love To guide us with the light of love Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.